spend my life trying not to be careless. Never tell anybody outside the family what you're thinking of getting. Women and children can be careless, but not men. Hey everybody and welcome to uh, Back to the Bins that's going to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'm Paul Spataro. I'm joined by my usual cohort, Dr. Bill Robinson. Hello. And we, as always, as almost always, we have one of the two true freaks with us, except this time it is not Scott Gardner. It is Mr. Honeywell. That's me kissing the ring. <laughs> or, or that's, uh, if we go cut to part two, it's Michael kissing Fredo with the kiss of death. Oh, yeah. Either one. I'll take either mm. one. So if you haven't picked it up, <laughs> that's, yet, the, that's what the kiss of death sounds like from Chris Honeywell. It sounds like you're calling a cat over. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't picked Alvin, it up stay yet, away today from is that. our special coattail writing uh, episode of The Godfather, 45 years after it came out. Yeah. <laughs> We're hot on this tip. I think this movie is going to do fairly well. Yeah, I have, I have <laughs> good hopes for this one. I just I'm hope a- they don't try and make a franchise out of it. <laughs> a reboot. Can you imagine that? Well, you know what? In, they did reboot because I, I don't. If I if I ever mentioned here that I'm friends with Joe Puzo, Mario's son. No, no. Yeah, it's he's. I, I know him for a number of years, and he's a real good guy. And uh, it's got to be at least five years ago. Uh, they, you know, what, whatever company, whatever book company owns the rights to The Godfather. Uh, had, had they had some sort of a, a contest or an open competition or whatever to write a sequel, and then they ended up retaining a guy to do it. So one time I saw him and he says, "Oh, yeah, come on over here by my car," and he opens up the trunk and he's got a box full of complimentary uh, copies of the book that they gave him. I think it's called The Godfather Returns. I don't remember. I did read it, and it, the it Revenge. returns. Revenge of the Godfather. And I think the writer was a guy named like Mark Weinberger or something like that. 
Uh, but he, you know, he he gave me a copy of the book uh, as, as Godfather as a versus gift. Scarface, and it, it takes place. Ooh. It, it it does have a little bit more of the concept that I would have preferred to see in the Godfather three, because it takes place in the sixties with uh, Bay of Pigs and stuff like that going on, and it, I thought that was a more interesting concept than going for the uh, the death of the Pope in the seventies. That they did in Godfather Part Three, but it was it was still it was a conti- like a continuation of the story, though, right? Yes, yes. Uh, yes. But it was so, it was not really well written, but I thought conceptually it could have been. Well, I mean, there's a lot of talk. I mean, there's a lot of. I, I, the, I, well, I was just gonna say there's a lot of talk that the 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 original Godfather wasn't the greatest written book, but I gotta say it's a great read, though. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, have you ever read it? Yeah, I've read it. It's a page turner. Yeah, I've read it a it's, couple of times, actually. And It's uh, not, but you know, it's weird because like the book, it's like pulpy. It's like, yes, a, absolutely. It's like a pulpy page turner. You know, it's not meant to have like deep resonance to it. It, it has, so. It, I mean, it has the theme, the same themes in it, but um, it wasn't until it became a movie that it like, got that ser- you know that serious gravitas to it you know it's one of one of the very few books that is that was translated to a movie that is superior to the book yes uh, i would say the same thing about jaws uh, 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 i love the book jaws but then again the movie yeah you're you're absolutely right same with uh, i think the exorcist too I never read The Exorcist. So. It is, it's a good book. Not as scary as the movie. Not as moody as the movie. What's funny know? about that is I've seen that. I, you know, I saw that movie when I was probably about 14, 15. They did a re-release in the theaters and I went to see it. Scared the living shit out of me. Uh, then I would talk to, to you know younger kids when they saw it on TV and they were like, oh, I was laughing through the whole thing. You know why? Because that was the first. I mean, there's been a, that that picture of a person possessed by a demon became so used after that in, in, in much worse pictures or sometimes fun pictures like, you know, Sam Raimi movies and stuff like that. But there were a lot, so many bad exorcist ripoffs and stuff. And, you know, Mm. movies with running jokes about projectile vomiting stuff that if you saw that first and then you saw the exorcist, uh, I mean, I saw The Exorcist a few years after it, I was too young. My parents wouldn't let me see it in the movies, but I saw it when it came onto HBO and TV. And uh, I think actually it, it actually came onto TV before HBO existed. And they ran it on the Canadian station without cuts and commercials late one night. And I saw it as a kid and, you know, it was horrifying, but I'd never seen anything like that before. No, me neither. And I saw that scene at all. I guess I was in high school when they did the re-release and I saw it. And I remember I got home and I went to bed, but I could not sleep that whole night (laughs) until people started to wake up. My mom and dad woke up. And then when there were awake people in the house, I was able to go to sleep. (laughs) My my aunt was a devout atheist (laughs) and she saw that movie and it didn't turn her religious but she bought crosses for all her kids and <laughs> made all her cra- kids wear crucifixes to bed for a couple months because it freaked her out so much. And to, to keep the tangent going, the other movie that kind of scared me that way uh, that I thought was kind of built on that was uh, The Omen, the original. Oh, yeah. There's a TV Pat. show, I guess, based on it running right now. 
What? The Omen? Yeah, called Damien, yeah. Oh, it's interesting. The Eventually, the, it was the uh, third Omen it, movie, I guess, was that Sam Neill was Damien? Yes, and yeah. I think this takes place between whatever the last Damien movie was and the one before it. So I don't know if the fourth one or the third one was the last one. But I, I only know of the three, but I'm not. And then I know they did yeah. the remake. Yeah, no, I think this. I think this takes place, but it's the years between two and three. Yeah, well, that would be Damien from like teenage years to to adult I guess, late twenties. Yeah, Damien, the Wonder Years. Uh, well, he's the you know he's the the protagonist, so they're making it's like Damien deal you know has Damien Hellstrom terms with his with his being the Antichrist. But how's there any drama in that? We don't. I mean, if it takes place between the two movies, it's kind I, of. Uh, we know nothing's going to happen to him. Yeah, I know. So they're. I hope they're. they're I guess they would have. Unless to they're shit canning Damien three and just building off the second one, which they. There's no mm-hmm. reason for them not. I mean, they ran a whole. They ran a whole uh, Hannibal Lecter tv show that really didn't didn't well, really depend on the movies at all they also have the bates motel tv yeah. show but yeah. just just to to pull us back to the godfather oh i was just gonna tangent into the exorcist 2 i saw that on tv and i was like i i think i had a slight fever and i was very really confused that was one whacked out movie yeah that was yeah. the heretic the heretic yeah with uh uh, Richard Burton and and Max von Sydow and it's a John and, and, Borman movie. That's why. Oh yeah 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 That's where you find that Pazuzu Pazuzu yeah Pazuzu yeah 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 and all the the the, the locusts and oh man there were locusts. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> so back to the Godfather. <laughs> so but if 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 you've read the Godfather, which Chris you obviously did, did you ever read it, Bill? No, but I've watched, uh, well, like most, whenever we talk about, uh, uh, I mean, I do read books. No, I, I just asked if you read that book. <laughs> no, I have not read that. I, book. I believe that you do occasionally read a book. However, I, thanks to what we're having tonight, I technically, I guess I have read The Godfather. No, no, no. This, <laughs> the, 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 the book of The Godfather is very much the story from The Godfather movie. The story from The Godfather Part Two, and some other stuff on top of that. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there with. But nothing uh, from do the you third. Remember, do you remember in The Godfather the woman who uh, who's a bridesmaid who Sonny is banging upstairs during the wedding? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of stuff in that with her. Why wasn't that in the comic? <laughs> you got me. <laughs> So, I was wondering how they were going to portray that scene. <laughs> yeah, they they really didn't have any 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 sexual angle in this book. Oh, I, was, I think they I think they got left quite, on the drawing room. Uh, f- I think that left got left. On I, the yeah, I wanted to see, see the scene of Apollonia. It ain't, when it she ain't drops well, her wedding night when she drops her dress. Yeah, it ain't happening. <laughs> Not in Dell. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, uh, this this is a. a I didn't know this book existed until a few months ago, and uh, it, I don't remember which. You know, I, I've gotten several care packages from from listeners, uh, and I've I, I don't know which one it was in. I'm not sure who sent it to me. Whoever it was, thank you very much. Uh, but I never even saw this thing before, and and it shocked me when I received it. I probably should have posted something about it then. And then, lo and behold, I was talking to Chris the other night, and Chris, why don't you pick up the story from there? Well, this is uh, 
this is something I sat on because during a during garage sale season, it wasn't it wasn't this last year, but it was the year before. I I found this book in this. It was in uh, Pulteneyville, and it was the last garage sale of that summer. And uh, Scott 2.0 and I both had found. We were just digging through these boxes and kept finding all these great old comics, cheesy off a lot of Charlton's and stuff. But um, I think I got some Laurel and Hardy, and I got this one. But when I got home and started going through them. You know, they were in just battered shape, which I don't care. You know, they were I believe they were like 10 cents or a quarter a piece or something stupid like that. But um, they actually had physical like I don't know if you'd call it mold or mildew. It's that it's like that dusty. You know what I'm sort of You're talking about mm-hmm. the, that 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 old comic smell. Well, this is like you don't want to smell these comics. You just inhale it. It ha- has white. Well, that sounds like Mo- Scott's Marvel team up number one. Like at the at the um, bottom of bottom edges of of a lot of the comics, it was almost like that white powder. Anthrax. Yes, it's like powdery mold <laughs> on them. So I kept so I've kept them away from my other comics, and I sort of like dusted them off or whatever. But I'm afraid to put them with my other comics. But I, but I, is immediately when I saw the Godfather comic, I'm like, oh God, I gotta send this to Spataro. But then, it, like you said, with Anthrax, it's like he's gonna open this thing up and it's gonna be like <laughs> <laughs> out at him. So then I found out, well, he's already got it, and uh, I mean, so I guess that's, I mean, I mean, I guess I have to be on this episode. I mean, how many? <laughs> I don't offhand, I don't know who else has this. If anybody else has it, please let us know because I'd be curious. Like I said, I didn't. Not only did I not know this one existed, but I, I had a tough time finding any information about it when I looked it up well, online. Dell Comics are that. That's the thing is, and and I was sort of relieved because I don't sell comics on eBay for the most part unless it's something I bought new and is like pristine mint, and I know it's going to be something. Some if it's an old comic and it's a little crinkle, I don't want to sell it on eBay because somebody's going to get it and be like, eh, I don't know. It's not as uh, there's one extra crease or whatever. So I don't even <laughs> bother with them, but I'll look them up in case, you know, Oh, this one's worth $10,000 and I could get a hundred dollars for it. Cause it's beat up. Okay. So I didn't, e- I don't even bother with a lot of the Dells if they're all beat up because it's just such a, they all got printed at different times and in different. It's just such. You almost have to be an expert on Dell Comics to really know. Like, I mean, almost any Dell comic I'm going to pick up and look at it. Go, geez, I didn't even know this existed. But this was an especially like this one. I immediately had to open it up and flip through it and go, like, what the hell? How did they do? You know, and it's and it's not like you would expect a 64 page thick old double size issue it's just a regular old comic and 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 it just reeks of dell (laughs) yeah 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 and that's the and which they all do and and i and i always forget man you know i mean movie adaptations have become a little more they're not always the greatest but uh i don't think you know before the 70s they really just knew how to approach do you know adapting a movie 
they they always came off like so dry yeah and yeah, I don't know if that was because it was like they didn't particularly want to spend a lot of time or effort on it. This one, it was just like I was trying to think of like who are they trying to sell this comic to? <laughs> well, this this one this one reminded me a little bit of I, I think it was also Dell that they did the uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes adaptation. Oh, I don't I know if you ever saw that. that. I think I've seen. I think Scott Gardner sent me some scans of that, but I have never. I, I would love to have a copy of that. It's another one. It, it it just reminded me a lot of that. It's 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 around, you know. Maybe that one might be two years later, or no, I'm not. Might be around the same time even. And and you know the same same kind of you know we'll talk a little bit more after we give after I give a synopsis on this. But the same kind of licensed character art, but not really kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So so what I what I ended up doing because I didn't have any other access to this was I I took it and I scanned it, so this way Doctor Bill has a copy. Woohoo! And uh, what, did, had you ever heard of this one before? I mean, obviously you've heard of The Godfather. Had you ever no, heard of this no. comic book? No, I mean I I think we we joked about it a while ago. Um, I think when we were teasing Russell, um, I we might have talked something about it, but uh, no, I, I I didn't know about this. Now I Not seem to remember seeing some some art uh, around maybe like around 2005 2006 of at least a proposed Godfather comic. I don't know if they, it was ever actually released, but you know much more modern. And and I I don't even know if it was an adaptation or if it was a continuation or if it was some sort of side that. story. I I think it was it was to coincide with they they had come out with some sort of Godfather video game. And I think it was kind of, you know, some Godfather yeah. video game. I heard it was pretty good, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I actually, I think I do remember Godfather video game. Yeah, I think that I was think... along the lines of, you know, Grand Theft Auto, one of right, those kind right. of video games. Oh, I thought it was going to be like making cannolis or something. Well, you sure. don't make cannolis. You, know, you make sausage. You never know when you're going to have to make dinner for 35 men. <laughs> Come on over here. First you put in your sausage. Then you put in your chopped meat. Now you put in your sugar. That's my secret, my secret ingredient. Oh, I told you this, Paul. Uh, remember when I called you up about what Ben said one time? Yes. When he when he was trying to th- he was trying to think of like Canary Island or something, but he's he's like, yeah, isn't that from like uh, the Cannoli Islands? And I'm like, that <laughs> was a sec- oh, I'm like, I take the cannoli. cannoli Islands, and that line like, did not make it into this book. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> I had to call you up, Paul. You won't believe what he just said. But actually, we figured out what he was thinking of was Coney Island. Yeah, but we are going to take him for some cannoli when you're up here. Oh, but you well, know, he, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe can you get maybe a trip to maybe a trip to Coney Island may not be a bad idea. I was gonna say, can you get cannoli at Coney Island? Would you want to eat? Sure, cannoli? you can. We, we could go. We could. There's a couple of famous places not too far from there that we can go to. First of all, there's Nathan's in Coney Island, but there's also. Uh, Spumoni Gardens, which is a very famous pizzeria, or Brennan and Carr, which is a very p- famous place to get some roast beef. Well, Ben's is, all about food. Is Ben coming up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ben's going to get fed then. <laughs> I don't know where he gets his food thing from. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But, we will but see. We will see. We'll, we, there there we'll will be a lot of little, eating going on that weekend. Maybe we'll try like a little like Clockwork Orange aversion therapy on him and just be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you full? Well, oh, oh, geez, that was a good breakfast, huh? Uh, we're going over to Paul's to barbecue. Yeah, that was a good barbecue, wasn't it? Hey, there's an international food festival over here for the night feeding. 
<laughs> yeah, we brought your funnel. Oh, you haven't heard about the funnel? <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm going to bring us back to the Godfather tapes. again. <laughs> now, we'll talk about the comic in a minute, but uh, what's your respective first experience with the movie? Me? Well, each of you. You, you can go first. I, I saw... Oh, oh, go ahead, Bill. The first time I saw The Godfather, we had uh, my my aunt was good friends with an Italian family. Um, man, what the hell? Try to remember their names. Sessa, Mary Sessa, yeah. And they they were really heavy Italian, and like we all went over to their house and we watched The Godfather with them. So that was kind of like a uh, that was an experience. So that was the, that would have been I think I was about. I want to say I was probably around uh, 10, maybe. No, no, no. Maybe about 12, 12 or 13. So that was that was like the first time that I saw The Godfather. And it was like, wow. Yeah. And then they're like they're talking about the movie and just going back and forth. And then they're speaking Italian while we're watching the movie. It was it was crazy, crazy fun. The first time I saw it, my my parent after my parents had divorced, my mother lived in basically the top floor of this house where her boss and his family lived. And he was, he ran a news, the local newspaper and he was a huge movie and huge Francis Ford Coppola fan. And he was also one of the first people that I knew who got a, a VCR, you know, like one of the first big bulky VCRs. And, um, I just remember one week we, we went to the movies and we saw it was when the Cotton Club had come out and it was my first Coppola movie. So around the mid eighties or so, I on guess. the big screen, yeah. And we saw the Cotton Club and he's like, "What did you think of that movie?" And I'm like, "I thought it was fantastic." And he was like, "Oh, it was it better than The Godfather?" And I'm like, "I never saw The Godfather." So he did the like. <laughs> and so the next weekend, so I would spend the weekends at my mom's, and the next weekend he's like, "We're getting The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two. and. Uh, Everybody sat down and watched The Godfather, and then they all went to bed, and I watched The Godfather Part Two, and then I went and I did what I'd done before the week before with A Clockwork Orange, and I went back, put in Godfather One, and started frame by framing sequences on it, and you know, and then Godfather Two, and just sort of like slowly, just like studying and absorbing it. It was like one of the most amazing films I'd ever seen. Oh, yeah. well, when you see part two, it, it, like part two is one of those movies. It's it's better than part one, and it makes you appreciate part one even better. But while it, when I was younger, I used to enjoy the cr- chronological version they did. Uh huh. I've never seen that. I, I you know the one nice thing about it is they put a couple of uh, cut scenes in it, so that that's a plus. But I liked it, except as I got older, like when I took film classes. I grew to appreciate The Godfather Part Two in its original form much more because now I like the way they contrast Michael and Vito. Yes, yes. And, and their style and their the way they see family and how they see their obligations and how they yeah. take care of problems. And you lose that in the chronological version. It's, it's much better storytelling. To, and I realize that that maybe not even – wasn't even his intention in doing it in two parts. It was just – to get it done, but it worked out that that breaking up the story, and I mean that is a technique that gets used a lot 
in the last few years. It's been picked up, especially in like stuff like Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead and stuff where, you know, they'll they'll tell a story, but they'll also tell it from the end forward with flashbacks and stuff like that. Yeah. In order in order to put different resonances and comparisons and yeah, and that it was just amazing. I, I, I mean I, I remember the part where I was just like totally sold was in the Godfather part two where he shoots the guy he comes up to the guy's hotel room and shoots him and his rag is on fire. Mm-hmm. And yes. for some reason that scene I was just like for some reason that was where the two movies connected with me and I was just like this is like brilliant just br- I haven't watched it in 15 10 15 years something like that I need to do a oh, yeah it's, it's been a long time since I've seen it too I, I make no bones about it Godfather Part 1 and Godfather Part 2 in whichever order you want to put them in are my two favorite movies of all time so it's it's not even a debate for me that they're number one and two and then i think number three which does change occasionally it's probably raiders of the lost ark hmm. uh but hmm. it's it's, it's another it's, perfect every, everything else is distant after those two even and jaws jaws is in the top 10 um I saw The Godfather the first time they showed it on network television, which was probably around 1974. So I was like 11 years old. And mm. I was enthralled. It was you know, shown over two nights on network TV. Mm. And, and I just thought it was the greatest thing. I actually saw The Godfather Part Two in the movie theater at around that age. Even though it was rated R. Thankfully, you know, my parents my parents were not the most liberal people in the world, but when it came to seeing movies, they really kind of felt like, okay, you know, you can handle this. There was care. During so, that time period, I think there that's how parenting was a lot of times cuz my parents, I, I everybody I knew their parents were like that. Like saw stuff in movies that like never would have been addressed in real my, life and My dad took me yeah. to see Dirty Harry when I was like 9 years old. Ooh. One of my favorite saw, movies ever. That's also in my top 10. My aunt took me to see um uh we had watched Halloween on network TV and then Halloween 2 was out in the theater so she so took me around and I saw Halloween 2 or so. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Halloween 2 in the theater. Such a disappointment like, compared to Halloween. Well, it's scared crap out of well, hey, I I got to see boobs, even though they got burned in a in a, in a hot tub. Oh, well, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, whoa. But but how while Halloween was a uh you know, was such a well made suspenseful movie, Halloween two was more of a jump scare type movie. Yeah, I'm more I'm and when you get to Halloween sequels, I'm more of a Halloween three type of guy. Season of the Witch? Happy, happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> I love that movie. I have to. That's another one I have to rewatch that I haven't seen. Dan O'Hurley. Happy I Halloween. did not like that when it was out, but I've only seen it. <laughs> because once. it was supposed to be an, another Michael Myers movie, but like now well, that when I they went back, to the anthology, thought. Yeah, now that I look back at it, it's it's a great pulpy, crappy, you know, fun movie. Silver Shamrock. 
Oh man, I wouldn't put a mask on for a long time after. No that. matter how bad the movie is, the the they came up with the idea of a Halloween mask that when kids pointed it at the TV and it flashed lights made their faces into worms and snakes and bugs. <laughs> that's that's a brilliant idea. Who directed idea. that one, Dina? I don't know who directed it. wasn't John, John Carpenter was like executive producer. At that point John Carpenter was like I just wanted to put out a Halloween movie that's a s- scary movie called Halloween with a different story every every Halloween. And, and then they had those guys that, like, weren't even human. They were robots, yeah. yeah. They were robots, and they, like, crush them with cars and stuff. It was goofy. Yeah. It was goofy. It was all over the place. Directed yeah, they had Chip- Tommy Lee Wallace. It, they it, had who also of, directed uh, Stephen King's It, Fright Night 2, Vampires, Los Muertos. Mm-hmm. They had chips of, um, like, a Stonehenge. Model. Yes, that's and right. Yeah, and they had like each one was in a little in each mask. Yeah, man, that was a weird flick. It's a great, it's just a great cheesy idea for, it. and it did so poorly that that idea never came to. I think that's I haven't seen the new Cloverfield movie, but I think that's what the idea with the Cloverfield movies is going to be. I had a guy at work explain. Told, he he saw it. He gave me the whole rundown on on the movie. I can tell you later if you want. I, yeah, I don't want to know because I actually plan. Okay, I, I I actually heard it was pretty good, and I'm I'm planning on seeing it. Where where would you guys place The Godfather and or The Godfather Part Two on your all time list if you have to do it quickly? You know, I mean, obviously there would be room for change down the road. I well, want to say top ten, but I'm probably going to say maybe in the top twenty. I'd have to really think about it, but it's it's up there. Well, if I throw out the genre movies, then it would it would probably be in definitely in the top ten, maybe in the top five. If I toss out the, the top genre movies, it's in the top five. <laughs> it's up there with it's up there with uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. See, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I think, is an awesome movie. It's incredible, but it's a little depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so it I takes mean, a little but, bit out of me every time I watch it. So it's not one that I feel like I can watch too frequently. With, with me, watch anytime. I can't. Uh, I I read the book and saw the movie like right around the same time. What that uh, catchy, uh, you know, saw music at the end there, where they're playing, you know, some, some, some. I always picture, I always picture that scene with me and you. You know, first you kill me with a pillow, then then you then you throw a water cooler through a window and run away. <laughs> but, but it was, I mean, it was, I, I, I saw the movie because my dad was just the biggest Jack Nicholson fan, and he saw that movie in the theater. And he came, and when it was on HBO, he's like, "Okay, we're watching One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest," because from until the last act of that movie, it's a pretty hilarious movie. Uh, a lot of times, because the, the the dynamic between um, Nicholson and Chief Broom, the, the scene where you know he gives him the piece of gum, and Chief Broom goes, "Uh, juicy fruit," and he, and he realizes the guy could talk the whole time. Is one of the like most amazing scenes I've ever seen acted in a, in an entire movie. But in the seventies, every movie and ha- couldn't end happy. It always end, had to end with like the tragic, worst, darkest thing. Well, take a think you about uh, of of all movies to not have that Taxi Driver. Yeah, but it still had a twist to it. it yeah, it, it, was... it had it had the 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 irony to it. But ultimately, it ends with Travis Bickle being a hero and yeah. rescuing Jodie Foster from that situation. 
Well, Taxi Driver was another movie that my mother's boss was just like, you've never seen Taxi Driver. And we sat down and watched it and everybody went to bed. And then I watched Taxi Driver frame by frame. That one is a crazy one to watch frame by frame. Oh, boy, there's a lot going on in that movie. That's a great movie. That's, but, that's, yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, one of, it's one of the 30 movies that are in my top 10 of all time. See, I love movies so much. It's like when I start rating them, it's like when you start saying rating The Godfather, it's almost like I want to just pull out, instead of my all-time movies, my Scorsese section and be like, okay, where does it... Because Scorsese movies are... Or not Scorsese, I mean Coppola movies. Okay, and, I was uh, wondering what you were going Taxi. I'm on Taxi Driver. But... Um, you know, and there'd be a, like Scorsese movies. I almost don't in Coppola movies. I almost don't rate against other people's movies. I almost rate them against their own movies. Is like Godfather, as far as Coppola movies goes, is probably in a constant mud wrestling match with Apocalypse Now. You know, as as far as watch Apocalypse Now is another one I watched frame by frame. So you know, whereas I love Apocalypse Now. I don't think it's the triumph of movie making that The Godfather is. Apocalypse Now, there's to me, I think there's a lot of lucky accidents in there. Yeah, I think there were things that Coppola was trying to do and didn't successfully do them, but somehow it was an idea. worked out anyway. It was, yeah, it was it, the the ideas he came across didn't come across like he wanted them to because all the the pain in the ass it was to film that movie and pain in the ass is putting it like <laughs> is really underselling how horrible an experience it was and then he made something coherent coherent and really good out of it but the godfather was an exercise in storytelling you know it was it it wasn't it made points but it was mostly there to paint this in depth you know generational story of a mafia family and the only other movie like that's come close to that i think is like the once upon a time in america if you which get was sent to me by mark Collenbach, and i have to sit down and watch it still if it's the if it's if it's the hour and a half two hour if it's the four hour cut it's well worth it if not it's horrible <laughs> no it's it's i'm pretty sure it's the full cut the, 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 I just the, have to, the, I just have to sit and watch it. It's just an hour and a half or two hour version that they that they released for is unwatchable because it makes no sense. Because well, that's that's the, Sergio more, Leone. Most of the story's gone. <laughs> that's Sergio Leone who made yeah. also one of my all time favorites, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. Oh, uh, if if you like The Godfather, it's not the same movie as The Godfather at all. It's a little more modern sort of feel, but it's still that same sprawling storytelling. But that's that's Leone though. That's yeah. all of his movies. Even yeah. even a shorter movie like uh, A Fistful of Dollars still has that sprawling feel to it. Yeah. And it also does a lot of time shit. There's a great great theme with a ringing phone in it it's just it's a it's a really good movie that's another one i, I haven't seen that one in 15 20 years because it's four hours long yeah. <laughs> it's hard to sit down and watch it like i said i need to make the time and sit down and watch it my son's recently said to me you know dad we got to sit and watch the good the good the bad and the ugly one day because he's never seen it but apparently somebody was talking about it i've never seen it it's one of my really movie. yeah it's one of my wall of shame never scenes i can't imagine that you wouldn't like it I w- I'm sure I would love it. 
Load a load of great lines in there. A load of great lines, a lot of good scenes. You know, it's it's got a little bit of a travelogue feel to it at some points, and then it ends with a Mexican standoff. It's just it's awesome. All yeah. in the all in like because uh, it's taking place during the Civil War at the end of the Civil War, isn't it? Yeah, because I remember there's is is it during Wilton Palmenter was not in it. He did not end the Civil War with a sneeze that ter- turned defeat into victory. Well, <laughs> I'm like, what? F Troop. All right. F Troop callback. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, we're talking about how much of a how much time it takes on your day to watch The Godfather. You don't have to do that anymore. That's right. You can read no, it. You can read you a 22-page comic 22 book. 22 pages, right? In less than a half hour. In like one of my normal trips to the to to, to, take to, to the can, I was gonna say yeah, <laughs> right there with you. You can put this by the can, and depending on what what your what length of time you spend in there, it's only gonna be one or two. Uh... Well, thanks to my thanks to my uh, I, I have a iPad Mini, uh, and I was able to read this on the can. Ooh, <laughs> so we, we might as well we might as well give the uh, I'll I'll give a quick synopsis of it. And then uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But, uh, you know, everybody knows the Godfather movie, or at least everybody except for Russell Bragg does. So I don't think you really need me to give the story so much, but I'll just kind of give how it's broken. We're going to do the music? Well, what do you think is going to be playing in the background as I said? I hope it's the Chris sings the shit out of movie themes version. (laughs) What was that one again? You should send that over to me because I should make that the post credit. I don't know if I have that. I mean, I have that 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 clip, but it's only like I don't know if I recorded more than thirty seconds of that actual song. Maybe well, I'll have a chance to sit before down. this is posted. If you Maybe want I'll to record to the whole song, sit down and write the write the entire theme out and sing it. Do you need Do you need me to do the background vocals? <laughs> no, and I would appreciate it if you never did that again. <laughs> you should see me do it. Oh, sorry. He wasn't even making that sound with his mouth. He was just rub- he was just moving his belly up and down. Yeah, that's what he was doing that in the bathroom and freaking out his family. I bet I'm like a giant locust. I'm rubbing my legs together in the bathroom. <laughs> what is that sound? <laughs> oh, Every God. seven years, he goes into the bathroom and this this annoying sound comes out. It's Bill's version of Ponfar. <laughs> Ponfart. So anyway, this this. Adaptation of The Godfather was produced by Dell Comics in November of 1972 with a cover price of 15 cents. The cover of... what I paid for it at the garage sale. I didn't pay anything for mine. Yes. The cover of it has... uh, It's almost like your typical Dell adaptation cover. It's got the Godfather logo kind of askew with Mario Puzo's possessive askew above it at a different angle then it has a really strange mock-up of the hand holding the puppet strings and that's going down into the photograph from the wedding and it's not a comic uh, art it's an actual reproduction of the photograph of Sonny, Don Corleone, Michael in his soldier outfit and Fredo Uh, and then it's got like some weird blocking behind it and everything well I think that's both it's like on on my cover, especially on your cover too. My cover is a little is way more messed up, but I think it's supposed to be the Italian flag. 
Oh, right. But the, the only, red is the red is like faded out, so it looks like pink. Yeah, but it's like kind of askew. So I I I'd like to see like what it looked like new printed. But I think they were trying to go for you know a little taste of Italy. <laughs> Maybe okay. You know what? That's that's a pretty wild interpretation of it. But so we have pink. Uh, just no white. color, absence of color instead Which of white. It should be white, right? And it's then like... green. And then it says, now a major motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, of course. And I imagine the kids up. were just lining up around the block for this. <laughs> so it was apparently written or adapted by Sal Gentile. And the art is by a guy named Lee Holy, who I have no idea who these people are. And the story opens up with a splash page kind of showing a long shot of the outdoor wedding at the beginning of the movie. Then it goes on. You see the, the scene where Sonny smashes the camera of the people who uh, are taking pictures at the wedding. And he tosses some money to pay for it. Cut right from there. Everything moves along really quickly in this comic. We cut right, right from there to uh, the people who are meeting with Don Corleone to ask for their re- requests at the wedding. We see, we see Bonacera, The Undertaker. We see uh, Enzo the Baker, and then Johnny Fontaine asks for the part in the movie, and the greatest thing is that they actually have the shot of the Don slapping him there. Then we cut to a scene that's, outside. Uh, that's in my notes is one of my favorite cuts of the whole comic. I, I think so, too. That's, that's, that's one of the best <laughs> rendered ones, too, because you can actually, yeah. like, you can almost feel the smack in there. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, too. Like, not so much when he smacks him, but when he mocks him. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Cut from there to Michael and Kay sitting at the wedding and Michael giving kind of the history of the family and the whole uh, making an offer uh, you can't refuse thing. But that's my family, Kay, not me. Then uh, Tom flies out to Hollywood and meets with Waltz to ask him to give Fontaine the part and Waltz explodes. They don't don't really show any of the scene there where afterwards where Waltz kind of makes good but tells him he can't give him the part. And it was, you just just cut. not a lot of subtle. Yeah, they're not going for a lot of the subtleties. In exactly. This comic, that's that's the thing. Sure. It's it's kind of like if you haven't seen the movie, this book would probably have no interest for you at all. Then it, you know you see the dark with the sun rising at Walter's house and then house and then cut slowly in and that's not a bad sequence for a, for a Dell comic, showing you know the the bed and then the horse's head in the bed and then there's a full splash page which is kind of idiosyncratic for this time period. Of Walt screaming with the horse's head laying in the bed. Yeah, but uh, did you catch what what they did there? How they changed the horse's head? Because like in a movie, isn't it like a darker? It's like a darker horse's head. I, I mean, it's like a darker colored horse. Yeah. This was like it was like they colored it and it looked like Mr. Ed's head. <laughs> I know. I know. That's why. Why? Well, you know, I mean, why did you give, give him the part? <laughs> It could be like one of those things where they have... Like, was it an inside joke or something? Oh, well, yeah, that's true. I, I that's true. They were just like, when they wrote the script, they hadn't seen the movie, and they were just like a horse's head. Yeah, that's possible. I, You know, I'd like to... I, I mean, I think Dell actually did, like, adapt Mr. Ed. <laughs> did Maybe, maybe this guy actually did Mr. Ed comics or something. I don't maybe, know. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Or the writer, maybe it might have been a little... But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they did... It, de- there's really nothing in this comic that it's like the Empire Strikes Back, where you're like, "Oh, that's from a, a still frame." From yeah, the no, there's, there's there's no uh, yeah. uh, there's no let uh, what you call it uh, shadow boxing going on here. No, no, no. 
So, you know, I'm sure maybe the artist was just given the direction, you know, he wakes up with a horse head at the bottom of the bed and that's what he pictured. <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah, because, right. Well, that because, was like the first well, thing that I looked for when I picked up this comic is how are they going to, are they going to have a bloody severed horse head? And I mean, it is a severed horse head, but it's not. But they had it standing up in the bed yes. in the comic, whereas yes, in the like movie it's somebody's was... mask. Like, yeah, it's like it's just sitting at the foot of his like, bed. Like, and and somebody, somebody took the time to carefully set it up. Then, like as they're walking away, it starts tilting over. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, yeah, like well, then you think when the guy woke up, maybe he thought his horse was like peeking up over <laughs> into the bed at him or something instead of you know. Right, let, me, let me finish going through this this book here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so we oh, get yeah. to the point where Salazzo asks for a meeting with the Don. Sonny shows some interest, but the Don po- politely sends him on his way. Don sends Luca Brazza, to, Luca Brasi, excuse me, to be a spy. And like again, no nuance. The, the next scene, he's getting stabbed through the hand and choked to death. The, the, then they show the Don out shopping for for fruit and shot while a horrified Fredo looks on. Uh, then we have another splash page. Again, a little strange in a comic in this era to have so many splash pages. But then that this is one of the better ones, I thought. The Don laying in the street with Fredo kind of crying over him. Cut to Michael and Kay find, seeing the newspaper report of the shooting, calling home. And then we got the plan where Sonny Clemenza and Tom Hagen are making plans to go to war. Michael interrupts them and offers to kill Salazzo in the restaurant. And then we get the scene where he shoots... Salazzo, he shoots Salazzo in the head and uh, the cop in the throat. Of course, we have no no uh, no explanation as to who the cop is. At this yeah. Point. So then uh, the next scene, the Don comes home, is told that Michael's in Italy hiding. He starts crying. And then we get to the scene in, in Italy where Michael falls in love with Apollonia in one page and she gets blown up in the same page. Michael comes home to the news that his father's retiring and his father quickly dies by the end of the page. Tom warns Michael that they have a traitor in the midst, and Tessio kind of reveals himself by trying to set up a meeting. Michael meets with Mo Green, who freaks out when Michael offers to buy him out. Then we cut to the baptism of Connie's son with a little montage scene of all the various uh, enemies of the, of the family getting killed. And then the last page of the book is Connie and Kay confronting Michael, and he kind of just kind of dismisses them. And then the final shot is Clemenza coming over, kissing his ring, and they close the door. And that's The Godfather by Dell. My, my favorite thing is at the end when he calls him Godfather, it's it's in the Godfather font, like oh, on yeah. the cover. You know, it's <laughs> like, and then I, Godfather. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, I mean, like I said, what a I, weird I, comic. I, oh. what I, when I look at a book like this, it makes me, rem- you know, like I have to remember that at this time, there was no such thing as home video. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't go out and just buy a DVD of the movie or a VHS tape or any version of the movie. So, you know, you, in fact, when this came out, it hadn't even been on TV yet. So if you hadn't gone to the movies to see it, this is the only way to get the story unless you wanted to sit and read the book. Uh, so I guess, the the you know, instead of being an alternate telling of the story at this point, this is more kind of a way of reliving the movie since there was no other way to do it at home. Mm-hmm. So if you saw the movie and you loved it, you'd buy this comic and you could page through it. Uh, I don't know exactly what age group they were shooting for. That's what I That's what I wonder about is like, really, like, I mean, if I was a kid that during that time, that wouldn't be 
the comic I would necessarily be going for. But then again, there was a lot of, I mean, the book was a huge bestseller. I, 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 and once again, I haven't been able to find anything to find out like why, why licensing things or anything. But I was thinking maybe they did this while the movie was still in production and like they were, you know, not thinking that the movie was going to be a big hit or something, or not knowing, or not really thinking about it, because. But it, it was published like, after the movie was out. I was after it was out, but who knows? Yeah, but that means I, I, I don't know how long between when they wrote, wrote it, drew it, and it got, you know, they figured maybe they could put it out at the same time as the movie. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because of my, my pers- looking backwards at it that the movie was such a huge hit that it would seem like you would do it in like three or four issues or a giant 64 page thing and really you know do it up and make a big deal out of it sort of like marvel would do with with, yeah with the big specials with special question you would do that now yeah that's that, that that's why i'm saying i'm i might you know i mean at dell they were just like okay let's to me, this comic reminds me, and the art style, and I went and I googled this guy's name, and he basically did like humor, co- like joke comics that were drawn in that sort of 50s stylized, you know, the guy with the hat, you know, sales, I'm a salesman, howdy ma'am, and you know, very <laughs> simplistic style, and in this, it's not you know, you're purely like straight up comic book style. It's got a little of that stylized thing, but it, it's definitely not like a funny comic. <laughs> no, no, so it's not a at weird, all. weird choice. Maybe he was, maybe he was like, you know, I'm, the, I'm your man for the Godfather, but he gives it that sort of, it, it's, it, it, in a way it sort of adds to it because it sort of reminds me more of the time period when the Godfather was going on. That but, style. But it, it looks to me similar to like the Dell Star Trek comics. Yeah, like yeah. That's, that's the feel I get from it. It's got a little of that fifties Rat Pack style to it, uh, I guess. I don't, I don't know. But I mean, my note in my book was it looked like they had, they'd you know seen the movie and the the they had the script and they whittled it down to twenty two pages. And it was like they were sitting in a restaurant and, and like sketched out the barest minimum you need to know to get through the Godfather, like on the placemats at the at the at the diner, you know, and, and we're like, OK, it's almost like an idiot's guide synopsis to the to the Godfather. I mean, because it just has no nuance. No, you no, know, it's, you, it's, don't, you don't really it's get got the all the subtlety of a brick of, to the head. You know, mm-hmm. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the feelings of betrayal or or uh, loyalty are only expressed by just like saying, like, you betrayed me. <laughs> now I kill you because, uh, you know, I mean, it's 22 pages long. And like you said, it's got splash pages in it. So that even takes less room for first story so i was thinking maybe they were like well we don't know how this is gonna do so we better just do it in one short issue or or whatever yeah it's just amazing that they could condense so much story into one comic yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. i'm I'm thinking the target audience is probably boys around 15 yeah 
It would have to be uh, old I've enough seen... to be familiar with the movie, but not old enough to care that this is such a simplistic rendition. And I mean, I, I, I think if I was an adult fan of the movie, I might I might pick it up at the store to check it out or something, because like you said, you couldn't you couldn't you'd have to go watch the movie if it was playing to see it again. So, uh, they, you know, it might have had a little little adult appeal on it. I don't know how many adults I, I guess an adult might not feel self-conscious about buying a Godfather comic from the newsstand. And it didn't look except for being a Dell comic. It didn't look particularly comic-y, you know. It wasn't like, you know, comic renditions of all the characters. Speaking of the renditions <laughs> of the characters, I mean, the, the, I, the, I guess Marlon Brando is pretty straight up in this. He's Sometimes he's a little skinnier than you, you'd think. Sometimes he, maybe that's my memory of it, too. Maybe I picture him fatter than he was. Maybe you're but thinking like, of him from the freshman. Yeah, yeah. But but like Michael, I mean, half the time my note my notes here, sometimes he looks like um Dustin Hoffman and sometimes he looks like um Donald Sutherland <laughs> a little bit, like it with different hair, you know, with with more darker, slick back hair. It's do you think they were trying to to get the actual characterizations down or if they just like maybe had a couple pictures of the actors and were like all right we're gonna more or less or or maybe they weren't supposed to well like with the horse head i'm not sure <laughs> yeah some of the characteristics are are, are kind of off of maybe the guy wasn't familiar with maybe I, I don't know maybe this guy is some of the scenes looks like they didn't he hadn't even seen the movie Right, right. I, I I don't know, you know. Well, I mean, there. That's like the 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 way stuff plays out in it. It's like someone read the script. Maybe it's similar to like the first couple issues of Star Wars when they made the Star Wars adaptation, had a few pictures and stuff. But like when right. when Don Corleone died, when when he dies, it's like a picture of him standing there, and with the orange in his mouth. But it doesn't look like it does in the movies. But then it's just sort of like, you know, those flop lines, you know, it's a flop and he's down and he's dead, you know, and it, yeah, it doesn't, I'm, it I'm doesn't thinking, play well, out with the whole thing in the movie. It's like, here's Don Corleone's death scene. He's standing there, play the, the kid. And then you see the right. kid running off mommy, mommy at the well, while he's sort of flopping over <laughs> well i'm thinking, I'm well, thinking you're right on on the thought that they hadn't actually seen the movie right but they right. had the script and i i mean from the way they're drawn i think they had well, because probably the some photos the of the actors didn't the kid in the movie like he was just standing there for a while i mean it's been so long since i see i don't I mean, think the kid really react the kid was just sort of unaware the kid just sort of right. going on about his business and thought grandpa was still maybe taking a nap or just uh yeah, but, around and then the, they show him running out of the running out of the garden mm -hmm. so that's when he realized something was wrong yeah but that was in the movie though how could i mean how could you do that without i mean think of how much takes place <laughs> story-wise in two pages of this comic if you really want, if you wanted to really illustrate that scene and make it like the movie, you'd want to take about two or three pages to do it, you know. So it just was a room for that kind of subtlety in here. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I mean, it's. Uh, 
I, I don't know. Well, it's just kind of kind of weird what what they had the kid do here in the, uh, you know, because in the movie he kind of strolls off, but and you were saying that he that he also goes to to his mother in this, but at one point, well, when he's just got, go like mommy, mommy. Yeah, but, but, yeah. but, but uh, you know, the kid, before he does that, after the Don's down, he he sits on the Don's head, too. Well, in this, it, it looks like that. I'm not sure if that's what well, the oh, okay. Okay. Sure if that, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was just a weird angle. It does look like it, though. You're I wasn't right. sure how to take that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just well, a Well, I mean, he I might have thought he was playing a game, and he's just going to sit. You know, because right, my kids right, have right. done that. You know, when when they were little, they'd come over. I'd be laying on the ground. He'd sit on my head. That might have been their shorthand of, like, the kid thought that he was, just, you know, that they were playing around. Yeah. it's It's all just so... You know, you know what I was really disappointed in, though, that there wasn't, you know how in Dell comics or in all comics from this time, you'd have the comic, but then you would also have like a two or three page quote unquote short story, you know, that sort of went along with it. Like a text piece, you mean? Yeah, yeah. That's usually like, you know, a, a little short, short story of the character or something written in that sort of goofy style. I was hoping there was going to be some, or like, <laughs> the Godfather word find, or like, help Don Corleone <laughs> find his gun, you know, and in a maze that you had to go through. I was hoping there'd be something like that with a little cartoony, like, you know. Mo Green lost his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> in the glasses on Mo. You, you know. Yeah, you you know, a, a connect the dots, and then you end up with a, like, you know, the... the a cannoli. Booth, or a cannoli, or... <laughs> <laughs> or a picture of Abe Vigoda. <laughs> I, I would say the guy who is most disappointing to me in the way he's drawn in this book is Sonny. That that scene of him on page eight where, he, where he's asking about, uh, you know, you can guarantee your safety kind of thing. He, he looks like Alfred E. Newman. I mean, that's yes, terrible. I, yes, I was just like, <laughs> my my note is like, I did not know. And 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 forgive me, the actor's name is escaping me right James now. Con? James, James Con. Con. James Conn is kind of known for having a bit of forehead there, but not that much <laughs> forehead. Yeah. Especially in later years. Oh. oh. <laughs> but, you, you know, this could be as kitschy as possible because I think that's why I enjoy owning it so much now. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I, li- I, like, I live for finding bizarre um adapt one of one of my other great ones that i found was i just found the comic adaptation last year garage shelling of um clash of the titans oh wow i didn't know that one existed either well Hmm. it's it's and it's a whitman book and it's it's sort of printed like the format of it is more like it feels it looks and feels more like a coloring book (laughs) maybe it's color and everything, but like when you look at it from the outside, it looks like maybe a Whitman picture book or something. And it's, it's, there was another Whitman adaptation, or I think it was Whitman of uh, The Fox and the Hound that mm. was very similar to it. And not, it, they were both more detailed than this one, but they also both had the art that was like semi <laughs> connected to the movie at all. Anyway, did you notice that except for the shots of the, the individuals talking to Don Corleone, 
almost all of the framing in this thing is very long shots, like mm-hmm. very few close-ups in here. And it's it's not dark. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of heavy shading and or a dark negative space, which you would really, especially for like the indoor scenes, like in, you know, the Don's office and stuff. And that's another thing of where I'm thinking of modern as in 70s and up comics or even 60s and up where they would have real. Well, I guess the 50s would have EC sort of mood lighting, you know, yeah, and you would think it. But this is a very just sort of like. Well, this, uh, brightly I just got to say, yeah, but this guy can't draw, he can't draw babies to save his life because I don't know what the hell that thing was they were baptizing. <laughs> that was the, that's the most hideous looking uh, baby I've ever seen in my life. It's well, like, it's like, aren't babies supposed to be kind of like round and pudgy a little bit? It's like, the, it's like a little, just like a little skinny man. Well, it's, it's like a garbage pail <laughs> kid. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, <laughs> you just just drown that thing in the water, you know. Yeah, that's My what God. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I they didn't like it's well, style. What's I that movie it's, Prophecy, whatever, with like the the mutated animal. Bear, or the, it was a bear. giant mutated mercury. I even oh, know but, what mu- yeah, mutated. You're talking about it's alive. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what it's it was alive. Like. Was the, the claw baby, baby movies? Yeah, yeah, it's like a claw baby or something. Yes, like. I, I think the, the, the lack of close-ups and the lack of mood lighting might go hand-in-hand hand with what you were saying earlier, Chris, about them adapting this without any nuance. Right, That right. they just, they, you know, you've you got to fit this whole story into 22 right. pages. We don't have time for you to be moody. <laughs> they, were, they, they weren't thinking of portraying any of the, yeah, exactly, any of the nuance and, and feel of the movie. It was just like, let's get the, that's why I compare it to, yeah, that's why I keep thinking placemat. It it's not like bad placemat art. It's I'm not. I, it's weird. I don't want to slag the art, but it's like they picked a weird guy to do it. And any amount of style in it, I think, comes from just like this guy's from going from a very cartoony approach to having to do like, oh, I'm doing a story about actually, you know, a straightforward story. But. You remember when you get a placemat and it would be like, you know, the Conestoga years and you would see it would be just like eight sort of TV screen shaped panels with like, you know, blah, blah, blah. This year, the so and so trail is formed, blah, blah, blah. And then the city for and it was just like a, almost like a history book, but comic book combination, very dry. And that's what this reminded me of. It's like. Okay, let's figure out how many different panels we have to break this story down and what we have to get into them. And that was all the time they had to do was to get that there. And and God bless, man, I would not want to be the guy who's got to tear this down to 22 pages. Well, you know, speaking of that, one one thing is weird because you know we had the uh you know you get the one um you get the one guy to get stabbed and and choked to death which is kind of violent but we don't get to see sunny sunny's death at i think it's at the toll booth right yeah. right where it's just riddled with bullets yeah, yeah that's not that's not here 
it's like mentioned off panel in like one of the other things when they come back. Yeah, you see Sonny in the scene with Don Salozzo, and then you don't see Sonny. Or you see the scene when they when they want to get revenge for uh, for the Don being shot. He's that's the last you see of him in the right. book. Well, it yeah, could, because it could, the movie that was a big thing when he pulls up and then like the guy in the toll booth like ducks down, and all the guys come out and they mow yeah. him down. And, and cinematically, that was one of the the best you know best put together scenes and it was most remembered because it was so shocking it was shot so many bullet wounds you know mm-hmm. and i think maybe maybe when they were adapting it and they were reading you know and then Sonny's riddled with bullets they're like well we can't do that you know although i mean they have people getting like you said shot stabbed and strangled in it but it's yeah but they're kind of in shadows and very yeah it's it's you don't see blood or yeah you see a gun going bang and a person going oof and falling oh yeah very much like they vote i mean getting shot i mean shot stabbed and strangled has been (laughs) something that's been happening in comics forever so they yeah. knew how they knew how to approach that without making. Yeah, plus I guess or, they had. I mean, you know, because of the comics code, they were you know yeah. kind of having. That yeah, I'm sure that was a factor too. Total line, so that's probably why this whole <laughs> yes. thing was removed. Well, maybe they maybe they went a little over in order to like avoid getting in trouble. Yeah, maybe they had to really work to sanitize it as much. It maybe they purposely were like, let's make this kind of bland, so we don't get in any trouble. Yeah, because even Mo Green, it's it's not as graphic because the because he's like shot through the glasses in, in, in into his eye, right? In, yeah, in shot movie. through the glass and you're in my. But but that's not really seen here. It's kind of seen a from in my brain. It's kind of seen from the other. <laughs> <laughs> it's seen from the other view, like from the like the the guy that comes in and shoot him. Yeah, like like Mo's p- p- point of view from behind his head, where you see the bullet and you don't see the. The actual impact you just see like 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 the gun being fired in Moe's head there yeah and, and then it cuts away like I think at the very like the the very further they could have gone is maybe if they the only thing they could get away with is like have that same those same scenes and sometimes they would draw a line coming from the gun and right. cutting out the person's back but they didn't even do that in this you know so I mean it's no, kind no of interesting or... because it's like a it's like an alternate take or like it's like an alternate rep- representation of the movie because it's not slavishly devoted is shot by shot. Maybe like you said, cause this person didn't really see the movie, maybe only read mm-hmm. key scenes and it's, it's, it makes it more fascinating yeah. to me. I'm thinking, I'm yeah. thinking he so at least had pictures of the actors though, just cause of the outfits right. and everything seemed to kind of correlate, but it, it's not, you know, it's certainly not that he had still photos from the actual movie. It, mm-hmm. that, that's clear. He's not, you know, just just reproducing shots that he was presented with. That's that's true. It was no uh, no Emp- Return of the Jedi, especially <laughs> was almost all like shots from the movie. But um, I was going to say something like, oh, we wouldn't be talking about this if it wasn't as weird as it was. But you know what? We probably would have. Yeah, I think <laughs> just so. By, just by the fact that you found a Godfather comic. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I've been meaning to ask, was there ever a Jaws adaptation? I, there was definitely a Jaws 2 adaptation. Uh-huh. I don't remember ever seeing a Jaws. But then I didn't know about this one until right, like, right. eight months ago, however long ago I got it. I could totally see like there being some George Perez 
There was a Marvel for, Super for, Special Jaws 2. Okay. Because I, I would imagine if Jaws 1 was ever done, that's where it would have been lived in was in a Marvel Super Special. And But I also think that I would have avidly been pursuing that comic as a kid, and I would have at least gotten a look at it by now, and I don't ever remember it, but it seems plausible that there could be one. Oh, there definitely could have been. Yeah, I'm just looking. I, I just looked up the uh, Jaws 2, and uh, I found it on Amazon. <laughs> it's available. The lowest cent. price is $49.95. Really? That's wow. a used copy of it. But the cover of it almost looks like a Mad Magazine cover with the shark. <laughs> yeah, that could be an Alfred E. Newman shark there coming up. The shark is coming up, and then there's like a scuba diving Actually, she's not scuba diving. She's uh, snorkeling. Snorkeling. Yeah. Woman trying she's to swim away from it. With, with a look of horror on her face. And clearly the shark is big enough to swallow her whole. And I didn't mean her whole. Yeah, Jaws 2, <laughs> I, I, I took a lot like Jaws 2, I actually I thought it was slightly better, but I've, I've always thought of it very similarly as Halloween 2. Yeah. The shark took down a helicopter, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah Jaws, Jaws 2, much like Halloween 2 didn't have the subtlety, Jaws 2 did not. Right, eat. right. <laughs> subtlety. You have any any, uh, any more notes on this uh, this tome that we've been going through? <laughs> nah, I'm pretty good. <laughs> we should have had Hero on just speaking in a Marlon Don Corleone voice for the whole show. Probably, probably should have had him do the synopsis. Oh, yeah, we could have had him read all the lines of dialogue. It would have been great. <laughs> Well, the Don's dead halfway through the book anyway. I know. <laughs> so, you want to give ratings on this? Sure. Uh, well, I mean, who 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 got who got the book first? So, I mean, I, I got it last. So, well, I did the synopsis, so I'm I'm going to go first. Okay. Okay. The cover to me just screams Dell Comics to me. Uh, it's it's kind of poorly rendered. That's, that's but I have little doubt that I would buy it. Nice, same. Paul. Being What's nice, Paul. You're being nice, <laughs> as always. Well, but it's your typical Dell book where it's got you know some like quickly rendered artwork, and then you know a, an actual photograph just thrown in the middle of it. It's, it's typical Dell, like I said. Uh, yeah, you can see like the edges of the photograph. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can see like the square cut, cut the at the bottom the and the sides. Yeah, but. Uh, I think I would have picked this up if I saw it on the newsstand even back then, and I love that I got it now. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a C plus to the cover, and the story. I'm gonna give some points for managing to fit this whole story without cutting too too much out into a 22 page comic, but it. Much, much like a, uh, much like the Watchmen movie, it, it lacks the heart that, that you should have. Like, you know, as we said, there's no nuance, there's no subtlety at all. It just bludgeons us. So I'm, I'm gonna say a C minus on the adaptation story wise. I feel like giving a little bit of a pass on the art because, like, like we said, I don't even think he had the benefit of seeing the movie before he had to draw it. I'm thinking. Yeah, but that's what kind of makes it. That's what makes it. Uh, well, never mind. I'll, I'll wait till I get to me. 
So I'm I'm, I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a little bit of a free pass, and I'm going to give the art, interior art a C plus because at least some of the figures look okay. I mean, some of them again, you know, we got the Alfred E. Newman, Sonny Corleone, and the uh, mutated baby, but you know, some of it's good. So I'm going to say C plus, and overall, I'm going to give the book a C. All right. Um, the cover, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give the cover like a C minus. Um, it's been so long since I've seen the movie, but the book captured enough of it to bring a lot of stuff back. So I'm gonna actually give it a B for the storytelling and with the art. We complain so much about things that are slavish to photorealism and here we get a different take of the movie and okay the guy can't draw a baby to save his life and the horse head was kind of a weird way to go <laughs> the horse head's just always gonna crack me up, man it's almost smiling a little bit too it's just so i'm i'm gonna give the art i'm gonna give the art a b plus so for me this this, this is gonna be a b book so that that's that's where I stand. I almost can't grade this on a single grading theme. Like, like I almost have to put grade it twice. I'm I, I'm not almost. I'm going to. I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna do this twice. But the first one will be easy. Everything gets an A plus. Cover story are overall as an object found at a garage sale <laughs> and an object in my collection of like, Hey, you want to see something crazy? Here's the Godfather comic. Every aspect of it just adds up to its bizarreness. And as a strange comic and a strange thing to have objectively <laughs> as a, as a real comic, the co cover cover story and overall, I'm giving it C plus and I give the art a B or a B plus only because, and I know nothing about it other than my Google image search on this guy's former work. He was sort of operating outside of his wheelhouse for this one. And he, I think he gen, genuinely tried to do something, you know, he tried to do something different than what he usually did to portray it successful or not. It was a it was a very interesting effort, so I'm giving him a couple extra points for that. But overall, I'd have to I'd have to say C plus. Ah, man, ah, let's knock it down to a C. It's a it, it's 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 pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> in an awesome way, I mean, in an awesome. That's way. the thing is, is you, you got to take away that you you can't give a book points for kitschiness. When the kitschiness comes from the fact that it's forty-five years old. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 then an added bonus with my here's another bonus with my collection or with with it is uh, that that speaks to its merits, I guess, <laughs> is that a, a lot of those a couple of those comics I threw away because the mold on them was just so scary that I didn't want it float spores of it floating around anywhere near books and comics. But I've got that one. I took that one and I dusted it off and I put it in a sealed baggie. <laughs> and I have it separate from all the rest of my comics, but I still have it. So it's almost in its own special special place, you know. It almost gets a little extra attention than the other ones. 
<laughs> now yeah. I'm going to be searching for the Jaws adaptation at Garage Shells. Yeah, if you could find that one, that would be awesome. Oh, it's like I, said, right I, I don't. I'm not sure that exists, but again, if it exists and I find it, I, I'm telling you right now, it's going right in the mail to you. <laughs> uh, you're the best. Except I'm going to magic marker right over the cover <laughs> of it. It actually is Jaws. <laughs> well, that was uh, that was Russell uh, Bragg's Christmas gift to me was a uh, magazine with the Jaws versus King Kong. Oh wow! Oh my God! Was it a famous monsters? Uh, I believe that's what it was. Yeah, that's a classic. That's a classic. I don't. Was it a reprint or if it's the no, original? No, no. I'm pretty sure it's the original. Oh my God, that's that's one that I I I probably have it. I've gotten a lot of those famous monsters. I got a bunch of them a few years ago off Craigslist. But those things when we were kids were like holy grails of trading and trying to get a hold of because they always had that those awesome covers like king kong fighting jaws it's a it's like that beautiful it's like a painted cover isn't it like almost yes. like a rosetta looking thing yeah yes. it's beautiful yeah it is i love it when people send free stuff so do i especially when it's free cool stuff like that yeah <laughs> or free cool stuff like the godfather comic <laughs> So I guess uh, I guess that's it. <laughs> what else is there to say? You'll never go against the family. <laughs> I, I wasn't even going to try to do my uh, Don Corleone. You come to me on the day of the boons, and you bring me this book. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks. And we'll see you next week. My name is Vito, but I like it if you call me Don. I import olive oil all the way from Milan. It's all legit. That ain't no shit. I'm on the square and I do swear I'm not the mob. Oh, pity me and my I'm a giving pester by all these free.
I cut the head off of a horse and I put it in your bed. It's just a warning, but the next time I will make you dead. You pull my ring, I do my thing. It's just my job here in the mob to steal and rob. Yeah, you can you can set those canola right there. I'll enjoy them momentarily. Yes, uh, thank you. Oh, it's good. <coughs> Hello, Dufo Damanzo here. Comic books are wholesome and educational entertainment for the kids. And the comic discussed here is an excellent place to start.